Hey there. We at Blue Wire just wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this podcast. We know everything outside is pretty scary and uncertain, but we're committed to helping you get through your day by talking about the sports and teams that you love most. If you're looking for more great podcasts to distract you, check out BlueWirePods.com. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the podcast and stay safe. This is a Web Canopy Studio production. Welcome, dropping the gloves in quarantine with Tim Turdberger, Wurzberger. Tim, how are you? Oh, I hate that nickname. I have never said it because I think it's a silly nickname. I apologize. I'm very excited. I'm usually exciting, but I'm, I'm even more excited today because my my old buddy's back in town. Old Nate, Nate Gerby. Nate, how you doing, buddy? I'm, I'm doing well, guys. I'm uh, excited to join the podcast here. Yes, we are very excited. Tim set it up. You and Tim are best friends now, I heard. So this is his Tim, move. Uh, this is his move, Nathan, where he, he slides into someone's DMs or he gets the number from me, and then he just does not stop. He single white females them, and he just does it. And so he's doing it to Ryan Reeves. He's doing it to Marty Biron. He's doing it to Cam Jansen, and now he's got you. So just hey, be the, careful. It's the perfect time. Perfect time because guys are guys are bored. I'll tell you that much. Well, listen, you think it's going to end when the quarantine ends, but Tim doesn't stop. Just be careful. <laughs> Just be very careful with him. And he's got this gross-looking mustache now, so it is. It's it's not good. It's not good where this is going. It's no, it's it's fine, Nate. You and me can do some TikTok videos together, maybe when this is all over, something fun like that. Don't even worry about it. I'm just discovering TikTok. So that's what all the kids are doing these days. A lot of NHL players are making them too. All the guys with their uh, the teammates and their girlfriends and stuff. Never heard of TikTok. You're out of the loop, John. Is that the same <laughs> as Snapchat? No. <laughs> no. I don't really understand TikTok either. You just make a video. That's the whole thing. Yeah, it's okay. just short videos. Pretty funny though. So like Snapchat or no, what's the other? Uh, whatever. I don't care. I'm old. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> All right, so well, thanks for thanks for joining us, Nate. We appreciate it. Where are you at right now? I'm in uh, I'm in Cleveland now. Um, just doing rehab here uh, after the season kind of paused there in Columbus. So I came uh, I came to Cleveland and and we had a house here just from the years of playing here. And then yeah, I came here to do some rehab. So you mentioned before we came on air that you just had surgery three weeks ago, right? Yes, that's correct. So what yeah. what was the mindset with the surgery? If if the league was going to start again, maybe you'd hold off, or you just decided I'm going to get it right when we went into this kind of lockdown. Well, I uh, I tried to play through a few few injuries, and I uh, about maybe two weeks before the pause, I I kind of had to stop playing and, and figure out what's wrong. And yeah, everything went on went on the pause there, and it just was the perfect time to just get something done. I I think I would have had to have gotten it done anyways. I don't, I don't think I could have played anymore. Um, Unless I got it done. Well, why don't you break down your bionic body over the last year for us? You mentioned it. All the needles and knives you've had poking at you. So 
list what you've had done to, to yeah, the listeners out there. It's been a long, it's been a journey. I guess I'll say that it's been, it's been a good adventure. So, so I've had now in the past 14 months, I've had four hernia surgeries, um, two oblique repairs, and then a major right hip labrum surgery. Whoa. And what was the most recent one? The reason I did double hernia and double oblique. Ouchie. So that's going <laughs> to, how do you, what, okay. And can you, for the people who don't know, and obliques are what? Uh, just like your side, your side abs. That's what I figured. My, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> John, you so, have the boundaries yet, man. There's, I'm still working on it. I'm working through things, my anatomy. So how do you, do you, does you get hit there? Do you tear it? Does someone punch you in the side? How do you tear <laughs> your did, oblique? Yeah, you know what? I you know I didn't even know I did tear them. Um, I didn't even know until they went in to do surgery on my uh, on the double hernias. So the double hernias, I had double hernia last year also, and I ended up tearing the mesh. Um, that's what kind of pushed me out of the lineup towards the end of the year. I just yeah, it was so painful. I couldn't. Uh, couldn't really walk or after games or anything. So I knew something was wrong and yeah, they went in to repair that. And then after I got out, they said, we also repaired your obliques. They both, both were torn too. So that was a, that was a surprise to me. That's kind of a boss move after surgery, <laughs> by the way, your obliques were obliterated. Oh, I didn't even feel it. No big no, deal. I, it, I was surprised. And uh, well, after surgery, I remember telling my wife, I was like, Oh my God, my sides are killing me. I can't even like, you know, rotate my body or anything. And then, then the doctor let us know why. <laughs> yeah. So your first surgery, how long was the, the rehab? What are you looking at? Um, well, right now I'm looking at six to eight weeks. Hopefully, hopefully if the season resumed, I, I think I'd be good to go, which is, which is a different turn than I was thinking, uh, you know, before the pause, I was thinking I was done for the year. Um, last year I did, uh, yeah, I did double hernia, I did hip surgery first and that's a six to, six to eight month recovery. And then in the middle of that, I did double hernia in the middle of that surgery. So that lined up perfect for me to get ready for camp. And you're just like, I'm just going to get another surgery, double hernia. Uh, just, just, just for yeah, fun. It's part of the schedule. I might as well schedule it for next year too. And, you know, make sure I get in the doctor's office. I was lucky enough. I didn't, the only, I had a knee scope and then I had a nose job, a rhinoplasty, which was very painful. <laughs> So <laughs> I know I painful. never got the big, the big surgery. Like everyone's like, Oh, you must've got injured. No, I had my thumb ripped off once where like yeah. the bones were sticking out, but nothing major, you know, not like no, the that's, uh, that's hip nice. replacement. Yeah, that's I know, nice. but and it I, is annoying. I've also, yeah. I've done low back surgery, uh, in my time in Buffalo and I did my hand and my wrist surgery, um, in Carolina. So yeah, I've had quite a bit and you know, it takes a, it takes a toll on you mentally, but I feel like you, I've gotten the routine where I can mentally escape the game and be with my family. So uh, it doesn't really put too much uh, pressure or stress on, you know, getting back. And, you know, I try to just do what I can and, and not really have the expectations too high and, and go from there. So Nate, we're going to talk a little bit about your career path and I'm going to start by throwing it way, way back, which probably feels like a long time ago to your college days. Um, so you came mm -hmm. out of, grew up in Michigan, you went to Boston college. So I, I always like asking this question, when I see is that a club team? <laughs> Don't listen to me. He does this every time. I've never heard of that school. 
Anyway, yeah, sorry. They, they, I just... they just won a few national championships, and, and the coach was just inducted in the Hockey Hall of Fame. So that's pretty cool, I guess, for a club team. Yeah, that is neat that they do that for the club programs. <laughs> that's really nice. Go ahead. Sorry, Tim, go ahead. So, so Nate, I want to ask, first of all, um, why did you choose a college route over maybe the OHL or some other junior program? And then why did you choose Boston College specifically? Yeah, it's uh, very unique. I, I've never been around college hockey in my life. Um, I've went to probably every OHL game in Plymouth, Sarnia, London. My brother played in Guelph. Um, I was just, I grew up in the OHL, and I just I loved the OHL. That's what I watched. Um, you know, I ended up going to the national program, and I had David Quinn as a head coach, who, who's now the head coach of the New York Rangers, and. God, I remember him telling me that Annie, Annie told my dad that if, if I went to major junior, he's going to come over and kill both of us. He's going to come to our house. So he put the pressure on me to go to college. And, you know, I remember when he wanted me to choose a school, I, I didn't know where or anything. I've never really been out East. And I actually saw a magazine that said Boston college on it. It had pretty cool pictures and um, the campus looked cool on the, on the, on the magazine. So I, I told him I would like to go there. And then I ended up calling the assistant coach and expressed my interest. And I kind of just committed right then and there. Is BC by Harvard? Is that by Harvard or no? Yeah. Yeah. They're all right okay. there. Okay. I know Harvard. So you mentioned uh, Jerry York, obviously a legendary coach, was just inducted to the Hall of Fame. What was he like as a coach and how did he help you grow your career? Uh, he's, he's just a fantastic guy. He, he, he has the ability to just to bring such a positive attitude to a group. And, you know, he, he always just seemed to get guys to play for each other. When you get to Boston college, you quickly learn that it's not about you um, and what you're doing at BC. It's about the team and, and the team goals and mindsets. And he uh, has some pretty funny rules and, you know, he's got, uh, he's got that Boston accent that sometimes is hard to understand, but he's, he's been a huge mentor for me and, and a lot on the attitude part of life. Um, he, he's someone that comes in with such, such energy every day, no matter what. And then every day is a great day for hockey as, as he was always there. And then obviously you won the frozen four in, in your senior year and won the Hobie Baker. Uh, not surprising with 68 points in 43 games. I mean, what went right for you guys that year? Um, and how were you able to put up so many points like that? Uh, I, I ended up, I got to, I got to fact check you a little bit, Tim. I ended up sucking in the Hobie Baker. I didn't get it. Um, Second. Kevin Porter. Yeah. Kevin Porter actually beat me out for the award. Um, Portsy, yeah. Michigan yeah. university. Yeah. Yeah, Portsy oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Gosh, I got to check my sources. <laughs> but we, we ended up winning the national championship. So that's, that's kind of really all I went to Boston college for is to get that trophy and, and bring it to BC. And that's, yeah, that was an incredible moment and something I'll cherish forever. And you hope he would have been nice though. It would have been nice, but honestly, I don't, yeah, I, I just love playing the game. I don't really put too much pressure on winning awards like that. And yeah, it's just, uh, you know, winning, winning the national championship was perfect for me. I didn't win it either. Gerbs. Don't worry. <laughs> you gotta be up there though. You gotta be in the running. I did get a vote my freshman year. <laughs> that's saying something D or, were you d or forward <laughs> i was d all four years i was a beast back there i was i used to be really good at hockey before i met you i was really good hockey player i i, John, I was I think really we, good we, did you no? you played in the north american league correct 
I did. Chicago Freeze. I did play. I did play with you when I think I was on the national program. Or no, it was at Michigan Tech. Sorry, we we're at the national program. We 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 played Michigan Tech. And we dummied you. <laughs> Probably, yeah. I mean, we were just young kids buzzing around. I know. Our coach told us that after the second period, take it easy on the USA kids. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, not a chance. I remember we played Team Italy one time. They came over. And we were beating them like seven to one, and it was their Olympic team. This guy hip checked me below my knees, and yep. I just went. I lost it. Dropped my gloves. We went at it, and then we saw him out at the at the bars later that night, and we just completely brawled with him. <laughs> team Italy. Is it, <laughs> really funny. Is, is that where the fighting had started, or what? Yeah, yeah. It started on the ice, and it carried over to off the ice. All these <laughs> Italian guys trying to pick up all these Michigan Tech girls. Yeah, not my not in hold Michigan. Italy. All right. Sorry, Tim. Tim's so excited to interview. He's been talking about this for months. He's got like a laundry list of questions and he's just shaking his head right now. Like, what are you ruining my interview? Go ahead, Tim. Go ahead. Yeah. John likes to put me on blast and try to embarrass me, but it's not going to work, John. Stay in your lane, buddy. All right. My lane. uh, Nathan. So you, in your first professional year, AHL, you had 50, basically a point per game, 57 points or 56 points, 57 games. I think you won the AHL Rookie of the Year award, correct? That is correct, yeah. Okay, so some of my closures are correct. Um, What was it like, you know, what was the hardest part of adjusting to the professional level, and how did you do so well early on? Um, I think, uh, you know, I came in with a lot of confidence um, coming after the winning the national championship. I came in, I I ended up being one of the later cuts to make Buffalo, and and I was so angry uh, that I came into Portland with just a just an attitude to try to prove that I didn't belong. Um, I tried to play as hard as I could. And, 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 you know, you grew up in the college game, you don't really understand the game within the game. And you didn't, I didn't really understand like that guys were there to fight. And so I played with a lot of, uh, a lot of fire and, you know, I got jumped quite a bit my first year and um, yeah, I kind of just, yeah, I was a pretty dirty player and I would stick anybody or try to run someone from behind and, yeah, before I know it, guys were always coming after me with their gloves off, and I was getting beat up pretty, pretty bad. Uh, you know, between games, so it's uh, it's something I I know the older guys would always bring me to the board and show me the lineup, and he'd always be like, "Don't touch him, don't touch him, leave him alone." You know, so that then it would kind of help me out there. But yeah, it was a it was an adjustment period, but offensively I felt really good. Um, it was kind of more just learning how to be a pro every day and and what you need to do. Who did you have on Portland to kind of take you under your wing like that? Well, uh, we had uh, Matthew Darsh. Um, he was an okay. older guy. Uh, Tyler Balk was an older guy. Um, yeah, those guys were, were really good. Brad Larson, who, who's now my assistant coach, he was, he was an older guy. Um, you know, we had uh, Cody McCormick at the time. He was there. Um, so we, okay. we had a lot of good older guys and, and good people. And, yeah, they, they – they all encouraged me to play my style, but they kind of wanted me to tone it down some nights, <laughs> as you can understand in the in the jungle. Yeah, but I think someone of you, your game, you have to like that's when you're at your most effective. You know what I mean? Yeah. When you're fired up, when you're in the corners, because no one expects it, and everybody gets a boost from it. I know I did when I played with you. It was like, holy cow, Gerbs is in there. I got to get in there too. Like I can't not be in there if he's in there. Yeah. So it's just. Uh, I think you're more effective when you're playing on edge like that a little bit. Yeah, hundred percent. And that, and that, that for me goes back to as a kid, um, I, I was always small and, and my dad used to always tell me that, you know, if you're going to be small, then I want, I want you to first shift of the game and try to go after the biggest guy in the ice. 
and I want you to try to set the tone and, and to know that you're never going to back down. And, and soon enough, people will know and they'll leave you alone. But that, that's what kind of he taught me as a young kid coming into, into hockey, being a smaller player, that you had to play big and you had to show that you had no fear. And, uh, yeah, I think that's the way I've always tried to play ever since then. It is frustrating to, for a big guy when, when the smaller guys would do that. And it's like, I can't do anything, <laughs> you know? Like I remember yeah. one time you were just John with Chara. It's like Chara's not going to do anything. <laughs> so it's like there's no win for him in that situation. So it's effective. It works. It totally works. Go yeah, ahead, Tim. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, it's the worst. With currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner still has hundreds, hundreds of sports, events, and games to wager on. Or, you know what? Let them bring Vegas to you with their online casino and blackjack. Open 24 hours a day, all online, including their $750,000 poker series. Listen, if you're into prop bets, entertaining bets, you can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, the stock prices, and even the weather to receive a 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. But be sure to use promo code BLUEWIRE. Bet online, your online wagering experts. Do you remember who you scored your first uh, NHL goal against? Uh, it was against Washington, but I'm trying to think of the goalie. Um, for some reason, either, either Jose Theodore or Jocelyn Peeble, one of those two, uh, yeah, one of those two were in that for Washington. Yeah, I remember the goal. I mean, it was obviously a moment I'll never forget is I got the puck on the power play and, and try to walk it. I just walked it to the net and shot at five hole, and I think it squeaked in. And yeah, I remember being so surprised that I've actually scored a goal in the National League, and it was just, yeah, I remember – I didn't know what to do. I was so excited. So here's a question. You know, you know, fast forward a couple of years in Buffalo. Maybe a question for you both. You guys, I think, were teammates for a year or two there. You both were there for some pretty down years as far as um, standings and everything. Like, how do you stay focused and motivated throughout the whole season when you're losing, you know, 50, 60 games a year? Yeah, it's, it's a mental grind, I'll tell you that much. Uh when I, when I first got to Buffalo, we were good. We made the playoffs the two years I was when I first got there. So that was like awesome. And, and then the expectations were so high and, and yeah, all of a sudden it, it turned really quick. Uh, so we were, we we're the worst team in the league and yeah, it's a bad feeling every night and it's hard to stay motivated, but that's, that's your job as a professional and, and you, you want to keep your job. So you got to play, play hard every single night, no matter what. And, and, you know, there, every team in the league is watching every game. So, yeah, you're you're trying to play your best for everybody, and 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 at that point, you're hoping that if you're leaving Buffalo or they're getting rid of you, then someone will give you a chance. I liked it because my first year it was that lockout shortened year. I don't know what year that was, 2013. So yeah. it was an abbreviated season, and we got pumped our first eight games, and we we were we were supposed to be cup contenders. I remember going in there; we had a solid team. Everyone's mm-hmm. like, if we hit the ground ground running. Like, this team could, you know, do some damage. They had Vili Leno. That was a big signing. We had Vanek and Palmonville and Regeer 
and all these like really, really good players. And we just tanked (laughs) the first like 10 games. I think we went two and eight and then we just sold everybody. Everybody went. Yeah. And all of a sudden there was opportunities. And I'm like, I'm playing on the third line and it was great. I remember I I was getting ice time. I never usually got, and it gives you opportunities when you're losing to kind of play up in the lineup that you don't usually get when you're on a good team. Like when I was on the Chicago Blackhawks or the, these other teams that were better, I was buried on the fourth line in a healthy scratch lot. So I got a lot of ice time that I normally wouldn't have gotten if I was on a good team. So, you know, mentally it's tough, but you know, we're pros. You're getting paid a million bucks to play hockey. I, th- I think you can kind of get over losing just to go out there and compete. And looking back at some of those um, those earlier Sabres rosters, and we we asked a, poll, a Twitter poll question, I don't know, John, two or three months ago about the most um, underrated player of the last 15 or 20 years. And one of the names that came up over and over again was Tim Conley. Um, he was a guy who just, you know, had all the talent in the world. A lot of injuries slowed him down, never really panned out for a long career. But, I mean, can, for the listeners who don't maybe know who he is or don't realize how good he was, can you talk a little bit about what he was like as a player? Yeah, he was with that assessment. Yeah, he was really good. I I don't know. I I think he was gone by the time John got there, but but John played against him. Yeah, I didn't play with him. His his skills and his IQ was just off the chart. I remember when I first got to Buffalo, I didn't know too much of him when I seen the highlights. And but when you see him in person, you're kind of like, oh my god, like I'm not even in the right league right now because I'm looking at the plays this guy's making and how patient he is, and and it was just amazing. But yeah, he had a lot of concussion issues and. Yeah, I remember my first preseason game, I was with Hominville and Conley. And, geez, I thought I was making the <laughs> roster scoring 25 goals that year. I, I scored on my first shot, and I was just like, well, this is this is easy. Can I just play with these guys all year and, and have them set me up? So, it was, uh, yeah, that was a good welcome to the to the preseason, but I never really got back with those guys again. <laughs> so um, fast forward a couple of years, you had some some um, some years in Carolina, and then you had that little stint where you signed with the Rangers and got cut and didn't um, – you know, it didn't show up for the AHL roster. What kind of happened there? Like, what's the story? And, and then why'd you move on from that team? Um, I was, I was pretty angry. I had a, yeah, I had a real good camp. Um, I felt like it was one of my better camps I've ever had. And, and just, just from them getting me to sign there in the off season and, and they're explaining what they wanted me as a role. Um, I thought I'd more than proved that in camp. Uh, and they, they said, you know, they felt, uh, they had to give their own guys the chances first to lose than then bringing me back on board. So that, that made me angry because I'm a heart and soul guy. And, you know, I, I, I thought I earned it. I, I felt like I earned it. And, you know, it was a time where I had a longer deal in Europe to just go over there and, and try to play and play offense and just, yeah, not play about the, the system anymore and just uh, kind of go have fun with the puck. Who was the coach of the Rangers? Was that, um, Alan, or what's his name? Yeah, Vigneault. Vigneault. Okay. I've never liked him. <laughs> so then you played – sorry, go ahead. No, we're just laughing at how no one likes <laughs> Alan Vigneault. Well, you played a couple of years over in Europe in Switzerland. How did that come about? And then, you know, what was the uh, European game like over there? Um, that's, a, that's a team that they, – they contacted me, I would say, probably four years before that too, um, that moment. So it's a team that I was in touch with a little bit. Um, you know, I always wanted to get over to Europe and just try it, just to see how it would be, um, and, and try to grow as a player. It's a different game. It's a, 
obviously bigger sheet, a lot more skating. And, you know, I go over there and I'm playing 25 minutes a night, which I wasn't even close to in, in, in the NHL. So it's just, you feel good again, you feel important. And, you know, the, the puck's on your stick when the, when the game's tied. And it's just, it's a good thing to go through when you kind of lost your confidence a little bit playing in the NHL, which, which happens to a lot of players. Um, just trying to fill in roles and such and, and doing whatever it takes to stay in the lineup. And, and that's what I felt like I did in the NHL at that time. I, I was just, whatever I was doing, I, I just wanted to stay in the lineup. I wasn't actually trying to, you know, be impactful and, and be offensive. So I think I went over there and just tried to get that touch back again. Do you ever feel slighted that you never got – I whenever I've played with you, you've always had world-class hands. Do you ever feel like you never got the opportunity to kind of show – what you could do on the first line. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's hard. On a like, consistent basis. It's hard. Cause like when, when I came in and when you came in the league before me, like young kids didn't get that chance. So yeah. it was just more so like, I remember Buffalo telling me, no matter what you do in the camp, you'll play, you're going to play in the NHL. I was like, Oh, okay. And you know, nowadays if, if a young kid has a decent camp, they want to promote them as quick as they can to the NHL. So it was a little bit of different learning curve. And then when you get called up, you kind of start in that third and fourth role and, you know, do, do what you need to do. And for me, I tried to, just, yeah, I didn't matter what role. I was just going to go play hard. I was going to do whatever I do, whatever it takes to stay in the lineup and try to not worry about the offensive side. But yeah, looking back, I mean, I had great opportunity to play and, you know, it's hard to say like, oh, they didn't play me with this player and that player, but you know, at the, at the national league, it's all, they're all good players. So, you know, it was, it was up to me to more so, push it and maybe prove myself more to, to get that role. But yeah, it's a different learning curve nowadays. And looking yeah. at your, your, your stat sheet over in Switzerland in 19 games, I'm looking at 85 penalty minutes. So <laughs> what was going on over there? It's a, uh, that's a funny league, man. Like every big hit I would throw, I would be kicked <laughs> out of the game. <laughs> that's uh, a funny league, man. <laughs> it is. Like they, they just they just cracked me up. Like every big hit was like a ten ten minute misconduct, and it was like like it was just shoulder to shoulder. I'm not a big guy, so I'm not hitting people in the head. Um, yeah, so it was pretty funny. Yeah, I think there was one game I had like thirty something penalty minutes in one game, and it was off of a clean hit. I don't even like know what happened. This. So, yeah, I, I just chuckle at that league. Yeah, it's a pretty funny league. Did you like playing over there? Was that like a good two years or did you just kind of – you tried it and didn't like it? I didn't – yeah, I didn't really like it too much. Um, yeah, different different culture, different uh, different type of game. Uh, as you know me, John, like I take, I take the game very serious and I take the preparation serious. Yeah. And it's just maybe it's not like that so much over there um I, I think i'm just made i'm made more for the pro hockey in north america um than i am in europe so then was it always your plan or, or goal to come back to the nhl um yeah it's hard to say like man, not many guys go to europe and come back um i felt like i had a good enough reputation to do that and, and get an opportunity to come back at least um but you never know until someone yeah you talk to a team and, and they show interest so you just yeah, you just kind of never know. In the in yeah, you hope hope there is interest. I wanted to get back here. I wanted to be closer to my my family, my father. Uh, you know, he at the time he was in and out of the hospital for for heart surgeries and such. So, you know, I felt like I wanted to get back and stay close to Michigan as I could, and that way I could be driving distance to go see my parents and and my wife could get help for my parents also. So, and obviously you signed with the um, Columbus Blue Jackets, spent time both there and in Cleveland. 
And I want to ask about the event from this season where you buried Giroux in front of the bench and then Sandheim tries to grab you and you just toss him aside like a rag doll. Can you walk us through what happened there? Yeah, I don't – yeah, it's not not too much. But just, yeah, I tried to make a big hit as I, I always love doing. And um, it was an opportunity where I saw their best player in a vulnerable situation. So I'm always going to take that and and try to try to hit him as hard as I can because he's obviously their, their engine to that team. Um, yeah, and then yeah, I felt the guy like slash me or something, so I just turned around and yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I'm strong enough. I could hold on to people and, and not get killed in fights. Um, I could, I could, you know, hold and wrestle people to the ground. So I have no issue going with him or drop my gloves, even if he was that big, cause I'm confident I can hold people down and hold their, uh, not let their arms get loose. Um, I guess I, you kind of master that when you're five, four and, and people come at you all the time and you, you master just to be able to hold on. <laughs> I mean, obviously, yeah, he, he bit off more than he could chew. He wasn't prepared for how strong you were, and you, and you tossed him down there. Um, I want to ask, too, about that, that skill video you posted the other day with the, the trick shot little um, viral thing you had going with the puck on your stick and on the tape there. Can you, what gave you that idea? First? Tell him who taught you how to do that, or I'm going to out you right now. <laughs> yeah, back in the day, John, John actually was the starter of that back in the day. They should have they had the video around when we played, John. See, people don't realize. They don't realize. I never got a chance. Anyway, tell them. Tell them, <laughs> Nate. Tell them. Yeah, John never got the chance. Um, but no, it's a move. Actually, you know, I've been doing. I've I, I've been doing that. I don't know, probably for the past five, six years in practice and such. And I just, yeah, my next. Uh, I've done it in a shootout in practice where I come down in the ice and I'll just scoop it up and pick it up and put it five hole or uh, throw it in the net. So I've getting the confidence to do that in a game which I'm pretty I think I could do it yeah I'm pretty confident to do it in a game um but that's just yeah my 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 friend Cam Atkinson reached out to me because he works with battery hockey and asked for me to do a challenge for his uh for his school his his little academy there so I, that's that's what I came up with um okay so I guess maybe last question for me and then I'll hand it back to John but I like asking guys that have played with John before any good stories about about him from the, on the ice or in the, in the dressing room? I do have a good story, and it's PG, so it's 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 no, okay for the listeners. They're all PG, Nathan. <laughs> Stop it. It's uh, yeah. So I'll, I'll I'll rewind to the year before John came. We we were probably top two teams in the division. Uh, you know, we were battling with uh, Boston and. You know, we ended up playing Boston in Boston, and Ryan Miller comes out of the net to play the puck and gets absolutely steamrolled by Luchik. Um And at that time, we had nobody to answer answer to that. I know Paul Goss had stepped up and did it, um, and he's more than willing to do it. But it's just that that moment there kind of exposed our team, um, and then we kind of just got bullied around, and we had a really good roster. And then fast forward to we signed John to 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 Buffalo there and and John knows you know his role obviously he embraces it and I remember our first game in Boston against Boston John I'm John's line mate and he comes to me and goes hey uh I don't know if Sean Thornton's gonna fight me tonight but you know you can you can hit him from behind and then tell him John's looking for him and I was like I remember looking at him I was like there is zero <laughs> chance you will be there fast enough by the time Sean Thornton's gloves are off and I'm getting killed <laughs> And then, yeah, in the game, I didn't have to. They score off, and John, uh, John got the better of that fight. And yeah, it was a pretty, pretty funny moment. I remember, being like, there's zero chance I'm going to hit Sean Thornton from behind. <laughs> you, you will not be there quick <laughs> wow. enough to save me. 
when you're when guys won't fight you, I used to tell that to my line mates. I'm like, just go start something so I can grab them during the scrum and we can fight. Because a lot of times guys will just wouldn't fight. Yeah. So I would tell you and Coletta, like, just go and hit someone from behind or something so I can get something going here. Coletta would always take me up on it. He would be burying guys left and right from behind. Oh my god, he'd be he'd be headbutting guys. He would be, could you imagine him in today's game? How many suspensions? He would not. He wouldn't be able to finish a full season. <laughs> that guy was a liability. I'm surprised he didn't kill somebody. He can't even sleep. He his body is so messed up from running into the boards. Oh, it's like crazy. His it, neck and back are just mangled. I, I still find it amazing, like how hard he would hit for not being a big guy and not physically big. But he, like I remember, he got char. He took Char off his two feet once. Took Char off behind the net, two yeah. feet in the air. And I'm just like, Jesus, like how. Like, how powerful is this guy going into a hit? Most people slow down, but he just picks up speed no. to go through you, and that's, that's what made him so dangerous. Because he wasn't strong. Like, he, was, he wasn't, no. like, in the weight room killing guys. He just really, really gave it all when he hit somebody. Oh. That, that's all it was. Yeah, like, he went right he through He did you. not slow down. No. <laughs> oh, the charge. He would come from all the way across the ice. Yeah. And you'd watch him wind it up. I'm like, Patty's going to kill somebody. And then, <laughs> boom, he'd hit the boards and the fans would go crazy. Oh, I oh, love it. It was so funny. I love the nice high flipper to Patty's corner. Yeah, good luck. Just, yeah, good luck, D-Man. I'm like, I'm not getting that puck. <laughs> all right, well, let's end it off. And you've had some unreal highlight goals. You've had some big hits. You've had some fights. What stands out the two or three most cool moments of your career? Like just when you, when you look back to the, to the point from now. Yeah, I think, I think the first moment that was probably the coolest was uh, the, the, it was actually the last time we were in playoffs in Buffalo was that I, I ended up getting the game tying goal to take our team into playoffs. We needed one point to get in. Uh, so that was, that was a really cool moment for me. And, and, and the next coolest was, uh, was scoring this year. My first game with Columbus, it was uh yeah, it's oh, been that a was long. A good goal. Yeah, it's been a long road, and just mentally, and and at the time, you know, I ended up, you know, not spending Christmas there with my family and coming to Columbus, and my father was in the hospital, and I, just, you know, I remember I got the call when I was in the hospital from from Billy Zito, the assistant GM in Columbus, that that I need to get on a flight to to go to New York, and I remember being like, oh, I don't I don't know what to say because I'm at the hospital with my dad. And then I, I just, I knew I had to take it, take that opportunity. And, and, and it did cross my mind to turn it down. I, you know, I can't lie. It was just, it was an emotional time. And yeah, I just didn't know if I wanted to get on a flight and go to New York and, you know, I ended up doing that, getting there. And then, yeah, scoring that goal was just, yeah, it was hard to not have tears on the bench because the emotions were so high, but it just, yeah, there was a long road and a lot of work to get there. And yeah, it was just a very, very special feeling. That's yeah, that's so cool. And definitely, like you mentioned, a ton of hard work to get you there. So you just signed a new three year deal, right? Uh two year. Two years. So what just assuming that this season's over, what can we expect from you the next two years? What are your goals? Where do you see yourself? Yeah, I'm excited. I'd hopefully be healthy would be the first thing. Um Yeah. Yeah, be flying around. I you know, this year gave me a lot of confidence to go up to Columbus and make an impact uh not make an impact just on the ice but I wanted to make an impact in the locker room and you know it's a young team I was the oldest guy there um as being a call-up so it was just it's just a, such a young league and I wanted to you know try to lead by example every day and, and and show this is you know this is the work that we need to bring every day and the mentality that 
that has brought with it. So, so I want to, yeah, I want to continue that and, and continue to get better. This year gave me a lot of confidence to yeah, be able to skate again and be healthy at the time and, and, and show how much speed I have. So I don't see any reason why you can't do that. Torch is a perfect coach for you in that system. He loves just your type of players, hardworking, dependable, reliable guys who don't take any shifts off. So Nate, listen, I, I hope you get better. I'll see you around TC. You'll be eating your salads and <laughs> rocking the thunder thighs. And I'll be the fat slob just drinking a beer. Just like, I wish I was still playing. So <laughs> thank you. anyways, I, I, I know Tim it. was very excited. Yeah. Th- Tim, say thank you to Nathan. Thank you, Nathan. <laughs> Tim, thank you. I, I, I appreciate right, buddy. it, guys. I love coming on and yeah, talking about hockey. I followed the podcast there and yeah, good. Uh, I can't wait to see you guys and uh, yeah, see all the girls, John, and see how you're doing there. I know. It's a constant battle, my man. We'll get together. All right, buddy. Be well, and we'll talk to you later. Thanks. Thank you very much. Thank you.